it's uh, 1230 uh, in the morning where I was uh, four days ago in Bangkok, Thailand. And I only say that in the unlikely scenario that I doze off in the middle of the message or fall asleep. But if I do, I'm going to have Bill Darnall come up and slap me and wake me. But it was a really uh, extraordinary trip for us. Um, the highlight being that uh, we sent uh, one of the young ladies that we've been taking care of for a number of years to college. And on Tuesday, she graduated. I want to show you her picture up here. This is uh, Summer Kung in her graduation robe. Uh, she has quite the story. At uh, nine years of age, her mother died. She's Burmese. I had to come across the border from the military violence there. And um, then her dad abandoned the family, and she ended up in the House of Hope Orphanage at about 10 years of age. And then we took her in a couple years later, and we've been raising her. And in 2013, we sent her to college in Bangkok. And on Tuesday, she graduated. That was uh, quite, the, quite the accomplishment for a young lady who never imagined in a 1,000 years she would ever be able to graduate from college. And that is her sister, Zoe. Not sister in the flesh, but sister in that she helped raise Zoe. Zoe is nine years old. She came to us a little bit after birth, uh, given to us by a Burmese couple who couldn't take care of her, nor could they afford the medicine for her because she was born riddled with AIDS. And uh, make a long story short, we prayed over Zoe for a year, and God fully healed her from the AIDS, and she is AIDS-free now. She's the most vivacious, energetic little thing you can imagine. And she is as thrilled as we, have, we, we were for summer. Uh, next slide, I'll show you a little bit more about what we do there. All of those kids there are in a house that we, um, that we have rented there, and, and we are taking care of those kids since they were small. We, they're all uh, teenagers now. That's Josh on the left. That is Rolin, a second from the left. She is our Filipino facilitator for the ministry there. That's uh, uh, Summer again with her diploma. That's Abby, who's at the top of her class. That's Faith next to her. That's Sarah next to her. And in the far right is Senna, who we are sending to vocational school in Canchanabury to learn to be a chef and also learn the hotel business. So that's just a little bit of what Little Church by the Sea is doing high up in the mountains of Thailand. Our next photo uh, gives us a little bit of the team that we had. There's uh, Bruce and Linda. Kind of Linda, you're kind of hidden back there, but. <laughs> there she is. And um, that's Kathy on the far left there. She's a Filipino missionary to Burma. And um, there I am in the old Brooklyn Dodger baseball cap. <laughs> and then one final picture uh, I want to show you. These are two little girls that uh, we, uh, we go to a village about 10 minutes south of where our ministry house is in a little village called Sanifong Village. And we do a service every Saturday and uh, do activities and then feed the kids. And that's two of the little girls there from the village. So it gives you a kind of a feel for what Little Church by the Sea is doing high up in the mountains in Thailand. And we're reaching out to the poorest of the poor and trying to shift the poverty there by sending kids to school and by ministering to them and helping them get educated. And so um, I want to thank Bruce and Linda for uh, all that they have contributed to years and years of ministry there, and to all of you who pray for us and stand with us as we do that. So.
So, uh, two, uh, two Sundays ago, I was in a Thai service, and uh, the greeting for the Thai service uh, is Swadika. And so that's how I'd greet the service then. And last week, I spoke at a Burmese service, and the Burmese greeting is Ming Laba. And then this morning, I'm going to greet you in the glorious, wonderful, precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this is, quite, this is quite a week for us uh, on the Christian calendar. We started off with um, uh, Jeff mentioning that today's Palm Sunday when, when Jesus made his famous uh, descent from the little town of Bethany, uh, riding a donkey down past the Mount of Olives and then down through the Kidron Valley and then into the gates of Jerusalem with the people proclaiming a Hosanna to the King, the one the Messiah has come. And it, we're told that just before Jesus went through the gates that he stopped and wept because he knew that the same people who were proclaiming him Messiah would be yelling in six more days, crucify him, crucify him. And he realizes that the cross is very, very soon. So Good Friday, we will celebrate uh, the crucifixion, followed, of course, on Sunday by the resurrection. But I was thinking, I was mentioning to the upper room uh, prayer people yesterday how prophetically significant uh, this time is on the Hebrew calendar because um, the Hebrew people... The Jewish people, uh, uh, they celebrate the Passover at the same time that we celebrate Easter. And Passover, of course, is the remembrance of the night that the uh, death angel came into Egypt because Pharaoh refused to release the Hebrew people and the death angel came in and, and uh, God told Moses to have the people slay a lamb and then uh, rub the, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of their home and they would be passed over. And every lamb that was killed for centuries after that represented the Lord Jesus, who when he came, his cousin John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so Passover is a prophetic fulfillment. Jesus dying as the Lamb who took away the, uh, the sin of the entire world. Of course, in the Passover feast, there are three little feasts, the Passover being one of them, and then there's the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Firstfruits, all which take place within four days of each other. Uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, leaven representing sin, that if you go to Israel during the Passover week, you cannot, find, you cannot eat bread that has leaven in it. And Jesus came and took away the leaven of sin from your life and my life. Aren't you glad? Amen. Aren't you glad he took away your sin and my sin. And then, of course, there's the Feast of First Fruits. That's the third feast in the Passover trio of feasts. And Jesus is the first fruits, we're told in 1 Corinthians 15. He's the first fruits resurrected from the dead, the first fruits of all of us who will one day follow. That every single one of you who have put your faith in Christ, you will be raised like Jesus was raised, as he is the first fruit, so you will follow. So those three feasts have been wonderfully fulfilled uh, by the Lord Jesus. And I give praise this morning that I am free of the leaven of sin and that whatever time I have left on this earth, when I breathe that last breath, that I'm going to, after that, uh, enter into the full meaning of what it means to be uh, resurrected and to live eternally with our God and 
It's just such a, such a great time. I encourage you to come to our Good Friday service and encourage you to come on Easter morning to one of the services that we offer here. All right, this morning we are going to look at uh, two uh, small but mighty parables that kind of finish off uh, chapter 6 uh, in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, the gospel, this particular chapter uh, has some of the most extraordinary uh, teaching that you'll find uh, anywhere in the Gospels. All of Jesus' teaching uh, is extraordinary, but especially, I think, uh, chapter 6. Why do I say this, that his teaching is so extraordinary in this particular chapter? Because it is so radically and dramatically different. His teaching is so radically different from what the world teaches us and what even our natural human reactions are to the uh, situations of life. But this chapter where Jesus teaches us things like, like love your enemies and do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the, the other also. Uh, do good and lend to your enemies expecting nothing uh, in return. Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. These things we don't learn from the world, but we learn that this is the language of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is teaching us that the life that we live is so different from the life that we are born into. The life of the kingdom of God is so different. It is so amazing. It is so beautiful what Jesus is teaching us and how uh, to walk with him. So this morning we're going to look at two, uh, two very brief parables. The first one is the parable of the good tree and the bad tree. I'm going to, I've got it on the PowerPoint here uh, for you from Luke 6, uh, verses 43 to 45. And we'll read it. A good tree, Jesus says, cannot produce or cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. A tree is identified by the fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorn bushes nor grapes from a briar plant. A good person produces good deeds from a good heart, and an evil, produces, an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart, for out of the abundance of the heart uh, one will speak. So this is a parable that is not difficult to interpret. What it tells us is that a good tree uh, is going to bear good fruit. A good person is going to bear wholesome and good and wonderful uh, results in their life, while the person who, out of the evil of his own heart, those kind of deeds will come forth. And I don't think it's uh, any coincidence at all that the Pharisees are present. There's a large crowd as Jesus is speaking here. And there are Pharisees present that Jesus, I believe, is speaking to directly here. So the question would be, well, what is good fruit? If, if good fruit 
is coming off a good tree, if good deeds come from a good person, what is that fruit? Well, we don't have to look very far because in Galatians chapter 5, Paul tells us in his letter to Galatians what good fruit is. And a lot of you know this a passage from Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And this is the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit. The beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit is that when we come to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, there is this extraordinary work of sanctification that the Spirit of God begins to work in us. It begins to shape and mold us takes us from that kind of raw place that we all started out at. I came to Christ in my early 20s, and I had a lot of stuff that had to change. I don't know about you. Maybe some of you had a few things that you needed to have changed in your life. And what the Holy Spirit does, he begins to shape and mold, begins to birth within you uh, these things here that Paul writes about, that they're the fruit of the Spirit. And these things come out as we walk hand in hand with God, as our lives are dedicated uh, and, and devoted to God. As we, as we abide in Christ, the fruit of the Spirit comes out. And all of us love fruit. All, I, I planted six new fruit trees in my yard in the past year. I'm planting six more in just a few more weeks. And I've just loved, even with the trees that have been planted six weeks, I've got lemons, I've got oranges, I've got palmellos, which are like big grapefruits. And it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful to see that come out. And this is why we love to be around certain people. This is why you love to be around Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to point him out and make him mad at me. Okay, because he has so much of... So much of that. This is why I love to be around Chris and Christy. And this is why I love to be around my wife. So much of this is in them. And we love to be around people who demonstrate this sort of fruit. And so I think the, the question that I would challenge all of us today is, are we producing good fruit in our lives? Are we, are we, are we giving uh, God the the openness within us. Say, Lord, I would like to love people more, and I would like to be just a little bit more patient, and I would like to be a little more kind and good, and, and would you work this, would you work this uh, in me? Because, God, I feel like in my life, I've got a long a ways to go. I think I do pretty well in some of those, and I get down to the self-control one, and I go, oh, God. Like, I need some help in that particular one right there. What did you say, my? <laughs> my, wife, uh, my wife just reminded me there's another one on the list. And that is patience. <laughs> I really thought I was doing better, Nikki, in that one. <laughs> Well, let me see here. 
Let me see, what else can I point out that I'm not too good in? <laughs> anyway, it's good. Thank you. Oh, Rachel, there you are. I haven't seen you for so long. Welcome back from Chicago. So glad you're here. But the reason that we have these parables, the reason we teach every Sunday is to challenge us, right? So I want to assess my life, you know? I, I, I don't want to be a phony. These two parables, the next parable that we're going to look at, is, it, it goes along the same lines. It's, it's that there, 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 are, there are two kinds of people. There are the true and the false. There's the genuine and the phony. There's the real and the one that's not real. And we want to be the real deal. I don't want to be a phony. I don't want, I don't want to be like looking good on the outside. This is why Jesus is addressing, Jesus is addressing the Pharisees who are standing there listening to him. They're looking good on the outside. I don't want to look just good on the outside. I want to be on the inside what God wants me to be. Amen? How about you? You know, if somebody would, uh, somebody would ask me, Jay, what is your, like, if you could just narrow it down, what is your one most favorite movie? What is your favorite movie? I think I would have to say it's The Wizard of Oz. I have loved that movie since I was a kid. I can't watch it without crying. I don't know why I cry so much when I watch this movie. But it beautifully illustrates the good tree and the bad tree story. Because Dorothy and her little dog Toto and the scarecrow and the tin woodsman and the, and the lion are all on their way to the Emerald City to come to the mighty wizard who's going to help them with their needs. And uh, when they get there, what do they discover? That the mighty wizard is a fake, is a phony. That all he is is a mere man with a machine that's making a lot of smoke. And this is what Jesus is talking about. That we want to be real. That if the curtain is pulled back on our life, that what we are is what God wants us to be. And this is what God is saying. And there's two kinds of people in this church, even this morning. And I hope there's only maybe one or two of you that really just come to church and walk out of church and you don't hardly think about God uh, the rest of the week. But that you and I would be real, that we wouldn't be phony and wouldn't be fake. And I can speak to you honestly, because there's been times in my life where I have been phony, and I have been fake, and I've exhibited certain things in my life that I really wasn't living. And I don't want to live like that. I want to be the real deal. I want to be, live truth, truthfully and honestly uh, before God. And it's a great challenge for us. It's a great challenge for you, and it's a great challenge for me to admit our weaknesses and say to God, Lord, I really need to improve here. Gosh, I really need better self-control. You know, I, I, I really need to be more patient. And could I have, God, some peace in my life that I just haven't been feeling lately? And so these two parables are a wonderful, beautiful challenge. And here's the second parable coming up here. It's the parable, in most of your Bibles, it's going to say... The parable of building a strong foundation 
in your life or building your, your house upon a rock. But I think the parable really is saying uh, and challenging all of us here, followers who do not really follow. Followers who do not really follow. And listen, so Jesus is speaking here to two kinds of people. He's speaking to those who know him, and he's speaking to those who think they know him. Now I'm going to say that again because it's really important. A lot of times in church life, people think they know the Lord. They think they know the Lord. And then there's people who know the Lord. But Jesus is addressing those people, those who know the Lord and those who think they know the Lord. And I'll show you why this is the, the case. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not obey me? I will tell you what it is like when someone comes to me. Now notice, I'm just going to stop there for a second. Jesus is addressing those who call him Lord. All right? He's addressing those who have come to him. But he's a little bit distressed about one of these folks. He's, a, he's distressed. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not obey me? I will tell you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teachings, and lives them out. They are like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation upon a solid rock, and when storms and floods arose and the torrent broke against that house, it stood firm because it had been so well built. But the one who hears my teachings and does not practice them is like the person who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and when the torrent burst against that house, it collapsed and fell apart, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, any of you who have been coming here for the last 15 years and listening to me teach, you know I've referred to this parable many times. That there are two kinds of people in church today. There are the ones who hear the word of God, they hear what Jesus has to say, and they walk out of this church, and they incorporate what the word has said into their lives, and they begin to walk in that word. They want to live that word. They want to obey that word. That's one kind of person who was in church this morning. And Jesus said, that person is like the one who has built a house on a strong foundation, and that when the storms of life come, and it rages against their life, they are going to stand firm because they have built themselves upon the word of God and they obey and walk and listen and love what the word has to say. But he says there are those who call him Lord, Lord, who come to him, but who do not listen to what the word of God teaches. They look like a good tree. They call him Lord. They come to him but they do not listen and put what they've listened to into action. They do not practice what Jesus has said, and they are like the person who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and when the storms of life come, they fall apart. They crash. 
and great is the ruin of that house when the storms uh, come against it. So, what kind of Christian am I? Do I hear what God says in his word and do I put it into practice and do I obey him? It's a scary passage, folks. They're, they're calling him Lord, Lord. They're coming to him. But they're not, they're not really connecting uh, in a way that they say to God and to everyone else, uh, I'm listening, Lord, and I'm walking with you, God. I want to live for you, Lord. I want to live for you, Lord. I'm telling you, the wise person in life, the wise person in life takes what this book has to teach us, what Jesus says. They put what Jesus says into their life. And when the storms come, they are able to stand. All right? But the unwise, the foolish, come to church and they listen to the word of God being taught and what Jesus has to say. And they walk out of here and pay no attention to it and live their life, their life any way that they want. So I have a weather forecast for you this morning. I was looking at the weather all week long, hoping for more rain than we got, but we did get rain one day. But I have a spiritual weather forecast for all of you. There are storms coming in your life. They may be here today, right now. They may be here tomorrow. They may be here next week. They may be here in four years and six years. But there are storms coming. How is your foundation what kind of foundation is your life built on? Does it need some reinforcement this morning? Does it need some rebuilding this morning? Does it need some showing up? Is now the time, is it not now the time to get it ready for when the storm does come? Those of you will stand firm who take the word of God and stand on it and believe it and live it and value it and prepare your life for when the storms come that you can stand and walk through them. So I had a little storm. I'll finish my message with this. Am I on time? 10.15, right? 10.15. So, so, so I left for Thailand on Tuesday, March 6th. On Saturday night, three days before I was going, I looked at my passport, thinking my passport was good till my birthday in October, and it had expired. My passport was expired, and I was leaving Tuesday night. And the storm hit me like, what am I going to do? I started calling around. I called people in passport services and stuff, and it's like, Practically unheard of to get a same day. I had to get a same day passport on Monday. And the odds of it were not in my favor. And so I could feel the storm and the torrents and the floods raging against me. And I said, okay, God, I'm just going to like take one day at a time. Well, this was Saturday. I couldn't do anything on Sunday. 
But on Monday, I got up at 4 in the morning, and I drove to the federal building on Wilshire, and I got there uh, a little before 6, and there was already 10 people in line, and I said, God, I'm in your hands. And I walked up to the window when I finally got up there, and they said to me, uh, well, uh, we'll, we'll send you to, to the person that will make the decision. And, and, uh, but I filled out the paperwork. And there was things like, like had to fit in. I, I had printed out the application, and, 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 and it was completely done right. It was like a miracle, because I don't ever fill out an application right. <laughs> and so I, I, I walk into what's like a DM, it's like the, a DMV, you know, where you get a, a number and they put the, the numbers up on the screen for when it's your number. There's like a hundred people in this room and I'm going, oh my gosh, it's going to be two or three hours before my number gets called. I sit down and in 10 seconds my number's called. I was in shock. And I went up to this and I had prepared my sermon. <laughs> I was, I, I I, I was going to beg for mercy, you know, I was going to weep, you know, I was going to shake. Whatever it took, I was going to do to try to get a same-day passport, which is very unusual. Usually they only give them if there's a death in a family. And I walked up to the window, and I looked at this young African lady, a young lady with a flower in her hair. And I said to her, um, gosh, I, I looked at my passport, you know, and, 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 and it's expired, and I'm leaving on Tuesday, and I need to get this graduation. And I started talking, she said, you don't need to say anything anymore. And she took my passport application and went into the back room, walked back out, and it was stamped, approved. I couldn't believe it. It was approved. And at 2 in the afternoon, they had, they had printed the document up, and I got my passport. I stood firm. I stood firm in the storm, barely. But I, I, I did stand firm. Because I, I just said, okay, Lord, if you want me to be there on time, then open the door for that. And um, I give praise to God for that. And all of you have your stories of how God has brought you through storms. Some of you, the storms have been a lot worse than what I've just shared. But that's so recent and so real that I give God praise for and so, just again, how is your foundation today? Hmm? How is your foundation? You guys, if you can just hear me. We have one life to live. One life. The wise person lives it for God. The problem with these two parables here, those people are living for themselves. What their own needs are. What they think is right what they think feels good, what they think, oh, this is what I am. One life to live, let us live it for God. And may he be our foundation so we can stand strong when the storms of life come.